Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the Believe in Minnesota Football podcast, hosted by me, Tony Lieberts. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tony Lieberts and Instagram at Tony underscore Liebert. That is Tony L I E B as in boy E R T. All right. Um, for today's episode, we'll be recapping the Gophers' catastrophic loss to Northwestern. Catastrophic collapse. Just borderline blasphemous. Just still, still in shock a little bit. Uh, this episode, we're going to go straight off the dome. No notes, no nothing. We're just speaking from the heart, from the... From the dome, from the head. I mean, right off the bat. Okay, so recent memory, P.J. Fleck era, people are going to talk about Bowling Green game, Northwestern game. A lot of people were talking about, oh, which loss better, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that really matters. Um, the reason why the Northwestern loss is different to me, um, in the in sports in general, you can always chalk up bad day to a bad day. World-class boxers, MMA fighters, some of the best teams ever, they have bad days. You just didn't have it. Something happened that day. It's hard to be on 24-7. But what's so weird about this game, the Gophers dominated Northwestern in the first half. They proved they're the far superior team. They proved they were the superior team that day. Then something happened at halftime. and. You can't make excuses. That is a lack of discipline, a lack of um, coaching. That's what it is. That's coaching. And I think the theme of this Gophers team in 2023 specifically is coaching. Um, we spoke about it last week a little bit. Um, the, the North Carolina game, you can, you can see pretty easy that talent is not the issue with this team. They matched up very well against North Carolina talent-wise. And I spoke about it last episode, too. I was starting to be a little positive, saying that he's showing me that he is a great talent evaluator and talent developer. He's finding these guys from the FCS level, finding these guys, uh, three-star guys, guys like Darius Taylor, four-star running back. It's a tremendous player that will have a career in the NFL. But he's a just he can be out coached by me tomorrow in a football game. He's lost to David Braun, who had a one and two record entering their matchup, and he's lost to Scott Leffler, the head coach of Bowling Green, who was like four and twelve heading into their matchup. So he obviously can't be out coached by me, but um he can be out coached by anyone on any given day. And that is a very weird position for any coach to be in, especially one that has led the Minnesota Gophers to their most successful years and seasons in 20, 30 years. And there's stats, I'd say hundreds of years, but you can fit any narrative. Um, the Gophers are playing some of their best football that they have in my lifetime, arguably the best. Therefore, for that reason, I don't think the Gophers should fire P.J. Fleck. 
main reason behind that as well, we are entering a very interesting inflection point of the college football landscape. There is um, going to be a lot of changes with the Big Ten, with the expanded playoff. And even though the Gophers just lost in Northwestern, I talked about it on the last episode. And what's so frustrating is I was confident in my prediction at halftime. I'm like, the Gophers are doing everything I expected them to do. And then they just, something happened. And it's, it's a theme of this team that just, it snowballs. And the games like the Bowling Green game, like the Miami of Ohio game, it just, when when the boat starts rocking, it they can't really, it, it keeps rocking. When, when there's a hole in the boat, Flex not very good at plugging it. it, it all of the boat um, weird phrases making fun of PJ Fleck are going to be very annoying. And they continue to be annoying. But I think it explains this very well. In those games, in this game, you start to see Northwestern come back a little bit and the Gophers can't do anything. Like, just Step on their throat, bro. You're averaging seven and a half yards per carry. We have zero answer for Darius Taylor. And then you just stop, stop giving him the football. The so one touchdown drive they had in the second half was all Darius Taylor. I, I don't care. The passing game is horrible. All this stuff. If you gave the ball to Darius Taylor every play on the second half, they're walking away with a win and a win by their cover. They're a win by two, three touchdowns. Very reminiscent of, you know, the Falcons against the Patriots in the Super Bowl. You start, why are you passing the ball? Why, like, what, what, why is Bryce Williams in the game? Like, it's like PJ Flex just beating himself. I just don't get it. It was, like, I'll admit, I, I was watching that game at halftime. A great college football slate overall. There were a couple other good games on. Uh, halftime of the Gophers, they're far ahead, uh, games in hand. You know, Arkansas, LSU was in a close one. Notre Dame, Ohio State, low-scoring game, great game. My eyes start turning to those games. I had four games on the screen, and then I keep looking back to the Gophers, and I'm like, what, what, what's going on? What, what happened? And I'm like, this half is terrible. It shows a lot of bigger issues of this team, but they're still going to win. Was in the back of my head, I'm like, I want to talk about how this virtually a loss, given how poorly they played in the second half, but they're not going to lose. And then it just kept crumbling. And I'm like, they're going to go to overtime. How are they going to go to overtime? And I'm like, they're going to lose. How are they going to lose? I I still can't necessarily believe what I saw. Um, But back to my previous point, why I don't think the Gophers should fire P.J. Fleck. With all these new teams coming to the Big Ten, uh, with all the transfer portal, the NIL, all this stuff, you want a little stability. You get rid of a head coach here, you have no idea where the program's going to go. I'm going to be honest with you. If you don't have a surefire option and the Gophers don't really do at this moment to replace P.J. Fleck, got to keep him. And fortunately, well, we've we've been in a position like this before, losing to Bowling Green. Gophers still won nine games that year. And... Fortunately, PJ Fleck has shown that his teams can do this, where they just forget how to play football. And while that is a mat, much bigger issue, winning eight, nine games for this program is a massive 
you just got to stack wins. They didn't stack a win here, but there's no reason why this team can't still win seven games. Um, They got Louisiana next week, but I, I just don't understand how we got here, to be completely honest with you. I, I just, it was a lack of coaching, a lack of discipline. It just, anyone who's listened to this podcast knows that I, before oh, I hosted with Matthew Trickett, I was a little more um, hard on PJ Flex in-game coaching. A little weird when you're hosting it with a player, but um, his in-game coaching is just atrocious. Um, I saw someone say he's one of the worst in-game coaches in the Power Five. I don't think that's a hyperbole. Um, but like I've spoken about a little earlier this year, great team builder, great GM of a college football program. Um, he knows how to get players in. The Gophers have the talent right now to compete in the Big Ten West, but they aren't. So you point to coaching. But the interesting thing about college football is it's like 33% recruiting, 33% motivation, and 33% on-field coaching. BFLX really good at 66% of that, but third of that, he is one of the worst in the country, which is very interesting because, I mean, it's just many different things. A fourth and three, you didn't go for it late in the fourth quarter. Taking a field goal against Northwestern in overtime when it's fourth and two on the goal line or whatever, and you're, again, you were, running down their throat and they had no answer for you and then you just stopped doing that i it just everything about it was just horrible just atrocious there was just no oh at halftime i thought i was going to come on here and talk to you about how darius taylor is going to be the next great gophers player which he still can be but we talked about last week about how um Oh, everyone's scared the Gophers might lose him now. A performance like this, why the heck would a talent like that want to play for this program? They failed him. They're failing Nathan Kaliak Manis with just the most conservative play calling ever. They're treating him like a baby giraffe that doesn't want to fail, that doesn't want to slip. And you're not putting him in a position to succeed right now. With that being said, I'm not saying he's playing great, but he was eight for eight in that first half, 92 yards, two touchdowns, probably his best half of the season. And then the second half, you throw like four passes. You're just three and out, three and out, three and out. It just, I don't know. When you're a fan looking at a game like this and you're looking for answers, when you're like, why is Brevin Spanford not getting the football? Why doesn't he look that good anymore? Why is Ethan playing so like vanilla? Why is everything so vanilla about this team? Why is um Darius Taylor not getting the football? Why why is the defense is absolutely crumbled? How does that points to coach? Because if you can find the answers, it's typically players. You're like, why why does the offense stink? Oh. Ethan's not playing well. Ethan didn't play that poorly in that game. He just wasn't put in the position to succeed. And the Darius Taylor probably did get hurt 
bomb at the end of the game, and that's why he didn't play in overtime. But still, I just it was like I was just speechless watching that unfold. I, I tweeted out it was like watching a scary movie. Like you didn't want to keep watching. You wanted to like turn away and close your eyes. And it just PJ Fleck was out coached by a guy who was a defensive coordinator at the FCS level last year. PJ Flex in his seventh year coaching in the Big Ten. Seventh. And he just got out coached by a guy in his fourth ever career game as a head coach. That's just where where we are as where they are as a program right now. That can happen any game. They can also beat Penn State at home. They can also beat Auburn in a bowl game. They can also beat Iowa and Wisconsin this year. They can also maybe compete with Michigan at home. They have the players to do that, but they don't have the coaching to do it consistently. That's just where where this program's at right now. And I, I by any means, I don't think you need to fire P.J. Fleck because what is that going to fix? You're going to just have to completely rebuild. This is not a program that you can just pick right up with another coach. Like That's not going to solve anything right now. Um, I think it just tells you who PJ Fleck is a head is as a head coach. I think that's just where we're at. Just tells you that he has major deficiencies and there might be a ceiling with this program. But again, there's just no surefire solution right now. And by any means, that is not firing PJ Fleck, not firing your most successful coach in the past 30 years. That's not going to solve anything. And it's just, it, it's just a tough loss to swallow and to find answers. And that's why I'm pointing the finger at the head coach, because in those scenarios, it's your program. You're supposed to find the answers. And I don't think he even has the answers. I think he's I mean, he's smart enough of a guy. I think he's looking at himself in the mirror tonight, and he's like, I don't know what happened. And that comes back to the program you built, the way you coach these players, the way you handled the halftime, whatever happened in that halftime. Um, It's just I'm it's still a little speechless. I just don't know, like, where, like where you go from here. Gophers win next week. Let's see. They win against Louisiana. They're sitting at three and two on the season. Then they got Michigan at home. Lose that game. Let's say three and three on the season. Um, obviously, a lot of Gophers fans didn't have the highest expectations heading into this year. Um, and losing to Northwestern certainly does not help. But okay, then they got a bye week. You readjust. You're three and three. You're like, okay, that was an absolute, uh, absolute just garbage water of a start to a season. But then you got at Iowa. Let's be the, the Gophers have enough to beat Iowa. They still do. Their team's not different. They just played a chicken garbage. A horrible football game. 
So they're still the same football team. And if PJ Fleck wants to be considered a good coach, then and he's shown the ability to do this before, like in the Bowling Green season. Just pretend that game didn't happen. They go one and zero each week, like he always says, and they have enough talent to go one and zero in the Iowa week. So let's go optimistic. They beat Iowa there. They're four and three. Then they got Michigan State at home. Michigan State stinks. Five and three. Illinois at home. That's a game I always I circled all year. Um, let's say they lose that game. Five and four. Purdue on the road. They win that game. That's six and four. Ohio State on the road. Lose that game. Six and five. Wisconsin at home. Win that game. Seven and five. Not saying that's a likely scenario for this season. I mean, you still could beat Illinois too, but. That's a realistic, positive, ex- positive hope. Like, that's a scenario that a Gophers fan could realistically hope for. And if that happens, a lot of people preseason were saying, oh, this is a 7-5, 8-14. They go 7-5 with wins over Iowa and Wisconsin. Gophers fans are going to forget about the Northwestern. It will make it that much more frustrating because if that happens, the Gophers would likely be maybe a loss away from the Big Ten championship again. And then you can say that this is PJ Flex's issue. He always has a stupid ass loss in the game, but um, you have to still recalibrate your expectations now. Um, you saw it with Colorado even this week nationally in college football. A lot of people. They're such a weird team because there's so much variance that they're jumping from 21-point underdogs, 21-point favor, all this stuff. That's besides the point. They get blown up by Oregon. You have to recalibrate your expectations for Colorado. The hype got a little too big, and you need to recalibrate your expectations for Gophers football. Um, This... Again, this isn't a talent thing, though. That's why this frustrates me as someone who is a fan of Gophers football. Um, They didn't lose this game because there's not talent on the field. They lost this game because of coaching. They're thoroughly more talented than Northwestern. Thoroughly. They're just as talented as North Carolina. So that's the frustrating thing. And... It's just a tough, tough pill to swallow. Like I said, though, in this game, some positives. Because you do have to take a step back and be like, it's not the end of the world they lost. They lost to a Big Ten school. It's not as embarrassing on a national level than losing to Bowling Green at home on homecoming. But I I stated why I think the loss is worse and more frustrating. But... You got to pick up the pieces, and PJ Flex shown the ability that he can do that, and that's why I think you don't make any rash decisions. I know on, on the Go for Hole Twitter page, on my Twitter page, people are going to be calling for his head all year. The K fan, you're going to get people saying PJ Flex needs to be fired, which is just crazy talk at the end of the day. Because again, it's if people acted like that and just made rash decisions off one result 
and I know this isn't one result because he did it before against Bowling Green, but they were only 11 and a half point favorites in this game. They were bigger favorites against Eastern Michigan. So it just got to pick up the pieces. Darius Taylor is a special player. Um, I could use any adjective in the book, but he's a player that does not come around often. Probably will win Big Ten Freshman of the Week for the third week in a row. Um, I truthfully believe he's one of the 10 to 15 best running backs in the sport already, which is remarkable luck for the Gophers after losing Muhammad Ibrahim and um, losing Bucky Irving to the transport. They might have got someone better, which is crazy. But it's hard to see that as a huge positive after a game like this. Um, there are massive issues with this offense. The offensive play calling might have gotten worse. Greg Harbo Jr. has not shown anything that tells me he is a great offensive play caller, which is just truth. Um, I, that doesn't say he can't be one in the future. But they've scored 13, 25, 13, and 34 points. And this offense has way more potential to be doing that. Ethan um, needs to be playing better. It's a little bit on him, a little bit on the offense. I don't really know what happened in the def- for the defense in the second half there. Um, there's an issue with the secondary right now. They can be passed on. I don't know why Northwestern wasn't able to in the first half and they were in the second half, but David Braun made halftime adjustments and PJ Fleck didn't. That's a coaching thing. Um, When I was in high school, played high school football, I'd get so frustrated when my coaches wouldn't make halftime adjustments. That's... That's the whole point of halftime in football. And that's what separates good coaches from great coaches. Maybe we look back on this, and this is a huge point for David Braun, and he becomes a better head coach than Pat Fitzgerald. And we're like, maybe that wasn't such a bad loss. Northwestern somehow makes a bowl game this year. I mean, they do already have two wins, same as the Gophers, and they got Howard on their schedule. The Gophers don't have Howard on their schedule. But, um, Yeah, they were, uh, the 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 Gophers secondary right now is just not playing well. Um, North Carolina was able to pass on them pretty easily, but again, Gophers secondary made some plays in that game. It's not this huge issue. It's just when you go three and out, three and out, it's the same thing. The Gophers are just they have no passing game at all, and their their offense is so predictable. And they just sit there and hope their star running back and great defense bails them out. And they just sit on their hands and they're just like, oh, Arius Taylor and our defense will all solve our issues. Well, you have other things you can do in the game. You watch teams like Ohio State and Georgia. They have a great defense. They have a great running back. But they realize if you add a layer, you become that much better of a team. You can win seven, eight, nine games with a great defense and a great running back. 
because that's college football. Teams like Northwestern are going to beat them most of the time. Teams like Michigan State now, teams like Purdue, Eastern Michigan, Nebraska, you're going to beat them. You're going to beat them. But you're not going to beat good teams, and you can have games like this playing that way because you're one-dimensional. This team is just incredibly one-dimensional. It's been one-dimensional every year since 2019. The reason they were so successful in 2019 is because they weren't one-dimensional. And you you can win nine games being one-dimensional, but you're going to have games like this because you create holes on your team that can be exposed. And this, this team has major holes. They have a incredibly below average passing attack that is quite embarrassing given the talent that they have at the pass catching positions. Um, They have multiple players in my eyes that will play in the NFL. Brevin Spanford will play in the NFL. Even though he has struggled this year, he is a great tight end talent. Daniel Jackson will play in the NFL, in my opinion. Corey Crooms is showing that he has the potential to play in the NFL. Lamecki Brockington, you need to get him the football more. They showed that on, that would have been the second drive after the turnover. He is a great wide receiver that has only done good things with the ball in his hands. Got to get him the ball. But they just have a copious amount of talent on the outside of this football team in the skill positions, and they're just not doing anything with it right now. And it is just incredibly frustrating. I think this is the second most talented team in the Big Ten West. We're more talented than Wisconsin right now, if you look at our roster, in my opinion. Um, we're right up there with Iowa. Ethan might be a more talented quarterback than Cade McNamara. He's not playing like it, but we're right up there with Iowa, in my opinion. Um, probably would take Iowa over, to be honest. They got a better offensive line. Much better. Um, but just inexcusable. You, Bad thing is, the as a Gophers fan, been here recently, again, like the Bowling Green game, you just got to look at the next game. Take it one game at a time. If they beat Louisiana, you take the momentum into the Michigan game. You just go one game at a time. You reassess at the end of the season. You don't win championships in one week. You win it in 12. And you don't fire coaches in one week. Fire them over a long period of time. And P.J. Fleck has won nine games each of the last two seasons. And you can't just throw that out the window and be like, well, he loses to bummy teams. Which it is true. But not you're not going to find a guy off the street that can win you nine games in Minnesota. So that's why I think they should keep on to him. Um, like I said, this this loss is still inexcusable. There's no excuses for this. But you're just you're backed into a corner right now. You got to just do something about it. Instead of pointing the finger and being, whoa, it's me, having that mentality. Why Why do the Gophers always lose? Blah, blah, blah. Why, why is Minnesota sports like this? As a fan, you can say that. But as a coach in a program, you have to now do something about it. They, they have to up. You got to fix your mistake now. And you fix that by beating Iowa and Wisconsin this year. You have the ability to do that. There's no reason why they cannot do that. This team is good enough. They have the players. 
coach, call better plays, make better adjustments. Those are all fixable issues for a guy who's in his seventh year head coaching at one school. And uh, 11th total, he had maybe four years at Western Michigan off the top of my head. These issues shouldn't be happening. Um, unfortunately, it, it's, it happened, though. Nothing you can do about it now. You only can fix it, like I said. Yeah, you had four years at Western Michigan. This is 11th season as a head coach. Something else. Something else. Well, I feel like I can just repeat myself over and over now. Like anyone listening to this, tough loss to swallow. Didn't really enjoy talking about it right now, but it's down to the next. As always, I appreciate everyone for listening. Roll the boat. Sky you, Ma, and go, go for it. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.